0: Oil Sports has it all. Money-back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money-back all losers offers. And a Bet 10 Get 20 welcome offer. Oil Sports, this is betting.
1: welcome to the latest episode of off the vents this is you know it by now your go-to weekly jumps program and i am joined week in week out by two of the best names in the business Tony Keenan and Barry Garrity, and we luckily have Boyle Sports with us to work in association on this show. Before you go any further, hit subscribe on the YouTube channel where I'm pointing right now. Just hit subscribe and then you won't miss a single episode of Off The Fence. And you wouldn't want to because it's a very good show, even if I do say so myself. And Tony Keenan, you will concur with those thoughts, surely.
2: Oh absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> i just better do, better do a quick correction from last week, just as putting some misinformation out there about the handicapping it, um, of novices and things like that. It's actually only three runs required for the Fred Winter. Um, that's the standard thing, not the fourth that I mentioned last week. This is definitely a good example of, you know that one, um, Cunningham's Law, where the easiest way to get the right answer to something on the internet is to say something wrong. Um, <laughs> a, a, f- a few people weren't wrong. about Pulling my ears in, a uh, fair play to my hafted my other enthusiasm for the Fred Winton middle of January. That's dedication to the cause.
1: Well it's equal dedication from you to come on and do a fast correction and that's why we're <laughs> the best show in the business, because nothing gets through the net and even if it does, we go back and correct it. Barry, how are you? You made no mistakes last week, perfect Barry as always.
0: Well I'm not owning up to any corrections needed, Vesta, but I'm sure there's been plenty all season and maybe even <laughs> last week. <laughs>
1: Well fingers crossed we have another perfect show guys. Um Unfortunately, we missed out on a lot of racing, courtesy of the weather, uh, very disappointing and most, well, all the jumps action we're going to be looking at was over in Ireland and we're going to start off on Sunday's Thirless card when we look back on what happened where and we're going to kick off with Allegor de Vassi, the mayor, who um, lots of you will have seen on social media, made that absolutely horrific blunder at the first fence before going on to win at odds of 1 to 8, I think it was, she went off in the end for a great grade two not exactly very competitive and she made a good few well not everyone was impressed with her jumping not only with that mistake but obviously she's not that straight either tony uh watching on now that she's even shorter she's six to four with Boyle sports for the mayor's chase at the festival i think she's most people are surely now starting to think she's short enough even after winning
2: uh, yeah, I would think so. I think Torres possibly didn't suit her with the, the layout of the track. Torres is quite an unusual layout. There's sort of six fences in, in, in tight sort of concentration there on one half of the track, and then there's probably only one fence on another half of the track. They've taken out one in the straight there with a downhill. It was causing a lot of fallers. Maybe she lost concentration. Maybe she wasn't going fast enough. But in overall, I, I would agree that her jumping would be a, a fairly sizeable worry. Um, she was completely unpressured there. um in the lead which almost certainly isn't going to be the case at Cheltenham um she's going to be up against I would say two very solid 150 mares from Ireland anyway in Impervious and Scarlet and Dove I'd be fairly happy that they are that type of mark now she might have more brilliance like, than them like she was really strong at the lane there on on Sunday uh, there's bags of ability but the jumping is suspect um, I think she's been all four of Irish starts have now been right-handed I think she was inclined to go that way when she was in France as well so yeah she, it's, go, it's going to be a very interesting race I know um our friend and colleague Kevin Blake has been having a bit of, of a cut at the mayor's races on, on the website and, and, and fair points made and all that but I actually have to admit I'm quite a fan of these races um for purely selfish reasons I actually do like the bet in them but I think they're, they're quite good betting mediums a little bit of joy in them thank God over the years um, I'd also be taking the point of view that a lot of these mayors wouldn't actually be in training only for this um, program of horses. I think the mayor's chase has served up a couple of very good races. Ellie May versus Col the first year, and then Ellie May, you know, fighting out um, to, to beat the two outsiders last year. Mayor's hurdles always been a you know an interesting race, I think. And this year maybe Barda years or it could be a little bit dull, but this year's mayor's chase I think this is a fascinating race with with. with the potential what Allegory de Davasi may or may not do with a little bit of a lack of self-preservation. The two solid horses, Zambella looks better than ever. So yeah, I, I think it's a decent race. I think it's been well worth having.
1: Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. I think we mentioned it last week. It, it looks like it could be a very, very competitive race at the festival. Barry, um, like I said, she's 6-4 to four with Ball Sports currently, but that price is set to be price boosted by Ball Sports, so please, viewers, keep an eye out for that. Um, she's at the top of the market, and as Tony's touched upon there, she probably has the brilliance, maybe, um, and the real sort of top-notch engine. But in terms of putting it all together on the day, she's up against horses who are actually Accurate jumpers, have more experience than her, um, jump straighter than her. I think there are loads of question marks about her.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, she is a brilliant mare and she does she does have a good jump, she's a lot of scope, but her technique she just has a little bit to work to of work to do on it. Um, Willie mentioned after the race that with the frost they hadn't got to give her a pop at home, and a lot of that just a lack of practice might have affected her at the first Paul she is keen so Paul would have ridden on a, on a slack rein if you like he wouldn't have had a tight hold right because he wanted to relax so I'd say that lack of um, connection on the reins but being so relaxed on her might have just left her a little bit in two minds she guessed at the first and out and ducked out to right going out to right isn't going to be a help especially against more experienced opposition and Tony I know he's sweet and Scarlet and Dove she's at 15 runs over fences so you can imagine Scarlet and Dove breeding down her neck you know, applying pressure and mayors Ellie May the same thing as well. With so much um experience taking this mare on, it's gonna be it's gonna be a struggle for her, I think it's not gonna be I I can't imagine she'd be out in front. I'd imagine they'd be happy to try and take a lead and ride her like a novice and protect her. But I just I would really worry for her for the level of experience she has. I think she's very vulnerable.
1: Yeah, I think I concur with those thoughts, Barry. Let's stick with you as we talk about what was the old Kinloch Bray, now the horse and jockey club. Um, Horton Cologne ended up... Falling at the last when looking like winning. Some people say Fakir Duderis, who was the eventual winner, um, may have got up at the line, but I think that's maybe clutching at straws for me anyway. It looked like the winner fell at the last to my eye. And now um, Fakir is now 7 to 1 for the Ryanair, obviously with Ball Sports again. I mean, he the connections seem to be saying that he's only going to go there if Alaho doesn't, maybe sort of something along those lines anyway. Um, would would you expect to see him at Cheltenham or do you think we'll see him at Ascot and then Aintree maybe?
0: It possibly goes straight go to Ascot obviously um which he won last year, but um if they're gonna wait to see if Alaho doesn't turn up, it might be declarations before anyone knows that for sure. Um, but Alaho I'm sure would benefit from a run before Cheltenham. So maybe if you're to take him on knowing it's his first start, it might be a little bit easier. But judging the race on, um at the weekend in Torles, um I don't think that Turles really suits Factor De Dury. He's a horse who stays well over that trip. I think it's a little bit sharp. It often isn't very soft, and it wasn't very soft on on Sunday. Um, and ran over two miles running the Arkle last season. Has a good bit of pace, but was beaten sixteen lengths of the Arkle. So if you're to t- consider him for the Ryanair, that's a big step up from what he did last year. He was 19 mints, lengths behind uh, Gallop and the and the in the John Dorkin as well. So he has a bit of form to find at this level. Um, but I think the track played to his strengths, not to Fackard de the So if you were to, for me, if you were to pick a horse from this race going forward for the Ryanair, it will be Fackard de the
1: Yeah, with the other horse having to be supplemented too, which seems kind of unlikely maybe with all the other horses in the same yard. Tony... Um, how how did you see the race playing out? Do you believe any of this chat that Fakir might have got up?
2: I'd say it was odds against. I, I wouldn't rule it out completely. We we'll concord what Barry said there. Torres didn't really play to Fakir's strengths nor, nor the ground. As Joseph also said after, that he probably takes a little bit more of work now that he's gotten older. Um, and like that, I'm sure Willie Mullins will be keeping Alaho in the race for as late as possible, if only to scare the likes of Fakir off with a view to run his other horses. Um, I was quite impressed with the faller. Um I thought, he, he has been a horse of potential I think really since his Juvenile days. Like he pitched up in the Triumph Hordle with, with no preparation and, and ran third, very good run, and then in, in Punchestown, I think Paul Town Townend hit the, hit the front about a week too soon on him, um, in, the, in the Punchestown equivalent of the Triumph, he was much the best horse that day. Um, and then he kind of got fast-tracked into the Irish Oracle last Fe- February, um, fell early, fast-tracked in into the article, two miles never really his thing, it's a uh, juvenile hoarder's often went a bit farther. I thought on Sunday he travelled really well, it was the best he travelled, I'd seen him since maybe his chase, beginners chase, which would get a bit of a nuttin' race, um, and he jumped better than he has done. Uh, I thought it was a really good performance out of him and he's he, the back then him, he was really strong on the market. Like he was 20s, 20, 25s in the betting open, what he got go off six or seven to one? It it was anticipated t- to my mind anyway. Um, now the problem, of course, is he has no entries in any chases at Cheltenham, which is really mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, this Especially for a yard
1: who enter plenty and plenty of races, it seems very odd yeah. indeed. Yeah, it,
2: it maybe they don't really think an awful lot of him. Maybe he's only sparked the last while. Um, I, I don't know. Other pointers from the race. It would, it's obviously the performance of the the, the faller and, and the venture winner would be a boost to gallop in the Champ, um, Jack and Boursois, his jumping seems to have gone a little bit sideways, he's actually skewing a lot of fences, I thought he did it a little bit in Leopardstown, he did it over the first few in Taurus, William Mullins commented on a pre-race as his jumping wasn't what it was and then he's, he's just looked like a blatant non stayer horse with some sort of a physical issue, so he'd be hard to fancy for anything at the moment. Um, just want to mention lifetime ambition there. Jessica Harton's going through a, a, quite a poor run at the moment. I think she's only had two winners now since kind of mid October, flat and jumps, um, two from 52, something like that. But yeah, th- th- it's a muddy kind of picture because um, there's a lot of kind of moving pieces in terms of where horses might or might not run. So yeah, but but like Barry said, I, I would be a little bit concerned about Aloe going into this right now off the back of no run. I, I, there isn't really another race from um, the Red Mills in, in Goran, will be the only one. I don't think Willie Munns will want to run a horse so quickly um ahead of Cheltenham. He'd never been a horse, I know he won first him out last year, but staring for launch probably probably would have beaten him in the John Dork and at least would have gone close. So and he's it's one thing going in fresh in November December, even January time, but they like a lot of these horses will have had one, two, three runs beforehand. So yeah, a little bit vulnerable perhaps. As vulnerable as he's ever been going to this race.
1: Yeah, if he lines up and they have him there fit and well but it's his first run of the season, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, Let's focus in on a couple of other, you, you guessed it, Willie Mullins horses that have jumped to the top of anti-post markets for the festival including tony embassy gardens um who won at also at Thurless at the weekend lots of people got a bit overexcited about this performance but then there were plenty of horses in behind that didn't perform he's now eight to one with ball sports for the albert bartlett off the back of this so right up at the top of the betting for that novice race um were you taken with him or not so much
2: Look, he, he won very easily, I, as you mentioned there, very little in behind again. Gordon Elliott not really going that well at the moment, I think since New Year's Day, one from 41, something like that, Um, his two were very disappointing. So really, he had very little to beat Bardy Oliver McEarren horse, quite lowly rated. I'm not really a fan of this Embassy Gardens, I, I thought he threw it in completely in Cork against a horse that wouldn't be too genuine and it's what unites, unites us, he was flashing the tail. But the big takeaway from this was that um, like good land just beat him endless, Um, all ends up at Town at Christmas, a good form boost for him, I think he's a a horse to be interested interested in for Dublin Racing Festival and for Cheltenham definitely.
1: OK, so form boost angle rather than Embassy Gardens himself. Um, and Barry will come to you for a bit of nav and action, looking at the bumper. It's, for me, another for the Mullins team has jumped to the top of the market for the champion bumper at the Cheltenham Festival after dotting up on his first rule start, obviously following on from winning in the, his point to point. Um, he's now 4-1 to one for the bumper with Boyle Sports. And it wasn't going to be long before this time of year before A. Mullins horse did something very, very easily and jumped to the four of that market. But do you do you think that he will still be at the four of it, come Cheltenham?
0: It was a good performance. I thought he quickened really well, it showed a lot of natural pace. Um Patrick seemed pretty pleased with him too afterwards as well. Um the fourth horse run for Harry was third behind Better Days Ahead and Shepard de Soy in um in Ferious and their bumper. Um, and you'd have to say that it's time for me, or um, should I say it's for me, was more impressive against him anyway. So, um, no, you'd have to say visually, very smart performance and, and the vibes are good as well.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, visually, everyone seems to be pretty blown away by him. Um, Tony, over to you for a couple of other performances at Navin. We'll start with HMS Seahorse for the Nolan Yard. Good to see him back in the winner's enclosure. He's now 12s with Border Sports for the Coral Cup. Would you have any interest in him?
2: Not at the moment, um, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't have interested him for these good handicap hurdles coming up. I thought this could be quite a good race as a guide to those races. Um, Paul Nolan mentioned before the race with gelding um, HMS Seahorse and it improved his jumping. Well I suppose it would if Borch was rubbing up against your sensitive parts every time every time you jumped a hurdle it might sharpen you up a little bit because he, he, re- he really wasn't a great jumper as a juvenile but he was pretty good here on Saturday. Um, also like, but he, he was really disappointing now in Galway. Like, I think a lot of people, are, probably myself had him in mind for a Galway hurdle and then he turns up in the kind of, four-year-old only novice on the first day of the meeting and just runs terrible but Paul Nolan went through a really quiet spell then um so you can probably forget about that so it was a good performance out of him um I thought Felix Desji uh, actually did quite well to be second considering the bad mistake he made when moving into it four out but like he's Felix Dezgy so he's probably not going to repeat it the next time um <laughs> Re- Re- Rebel Ivy really good performance actually from her out to- in Toward. um she beat Queensbrook and heaven help us in Limerick back in on. Um, M- Munster National Day and it looked like a, a false bit of form, maybe Queensbrook wasn't ready but she fully backed that up, backed up her new mark and a, this was a very promising effort off a break as the trainer said she'd met a setback so I'd be expecting her to improve. She travelled very well into it, just kind of flattened out after the last and I thought um, Lucky Max probably got there far too soon hitting the front three out but Rebel Ivy was probably the one I was really taken with here.
1: Okay, a few takeaways from that race then. And what about Marla Mission? We've got to give him a mention, Tony, given that you tipped him up at thirty threes for the National Hunt Chase at the festival in your anti post piece. And now he's got off the mark very impressively over fences at the third time of asking, having put up good efforts before this as well. Um I mean, it's a stupid question, really, but I guess you're very, very, very happy, sat on thirty-three to one for that race, considering he's now what is he twelves for the for the race at the festival?
2: Well, I would have been happy if he'd just fallen in on Saturday because I mainly backed him for Saturday's race, but but I actually I was really impressed with him. I thought he was visually excellent. The time was got to eleven and a half seconds quicker than the handicap chase later on the card. I think I'd like to give credit to trainer and jockey as well. thought Ben Harvey was good in him, he was kind of down the inside on the first circle, but he got him out to the outside, never over asked him a defence, he, he jumped very efficiently, I think the one half mistake, maybe two out, also John McConnell deserved a bit of credit as well, this horse went over to Cheltenham for the Chemical Energy Race in November at the time when the yard were flying, he was just really disappointed, didn't jump at all, but um, he had a breeding operation after that, I thought Pun- Town was a nice kind of... Um, almost a prep run, they dropped him out for the first time ever in over hurdles or over fences. It got him jumping, finished out his race and different horse here on Saturday, really strong at the line. Um, look, anti-post betting, I think, has been difficult this year. There's a lot a lot going on that's factoring into that. Like Willie Mullins holding a lot of the aces, or even all the aces in these novice races, is a big part of it. Um, the overall thinness of races is part of it. All things like punters are sometimes maybe willing to take very short prices about horses. like no need for bookmakers to be laying horse at 5-2 to two if people will take, I don't know, 6-4 to four or 7-4, to four, but, but things like that. But the National Hunt Chase is maybe an interesting anti-post race. It's one of these where I've taken the view that maybe Geyer de isn't going to run. He, he may well run, um, but I was taking the view this time last week that maybe he wouldn't. Amara Mission was one that a little bit of upside. Hopefully he'll get there um, all going well. He also did run well in the Albert Bartlett last year, Up and down the inside probably wasn't ideal. So, yeah, hopefully he'd have a bit of a chance. I think those type of races are worth looking out for for Post at the moment. I think the Torners was another good example of that about a fortnight ago. I was on about James the Barely and that. I still think he's okay, but I'm just wondering if after landing on the right one and that. I think Barry mentioned appreciated. I think the market support for him since would suggest that he's stepping up and trip. But again, like last year, it just looks like it could be a very small field race. Um, probably dominated by the middle distance Irish horse.
1: But just one last question before we move on from Marlomish and Tony. Now that he's 12 to 1 with Ball Sports, and by the way, viewers, that price is set to be boosted, so keep an eye out for that. But he's currently 12s in the anti-post market for the race that you've backed Matt at 33s. Would you still be advising him? Would you still fancy him at 12s off the back of what he did at the weekend?
2: probably obviously not as much but I, I definitely give him a life at that kind of price if you're expecting the favorite not, not to pitch up and chemical energy wouldn't really be a horse that i'd like because the race that he won in cheltenham fell apart a little bit this horse disappointed and henry Bromhead's horse did too i think the other one that's interesting this is churchstone warrior um he went down the inside in the guy or the money race of christmas which was no good to anyone um and definitely looks like a horse that would have um potential to be improving, for going up to three miles six if you can hold his jumping together. But yeah, this could turn up to be the, the really weak race if the favourite doesn't turn up. And also the fact that um, a lot of these horses are going to be in a tight window to get qualified between now and then. Um, I saw someone post, I think it was Matt Toombs on Twitter, that um, I think less than 50% of them are qualified. They have to have that uh, placed effort over th- over three miles. Um, so, you know, a couple of the meetings get called off between now and then, It's it's leaving it very tight.
1: Wow, that's very interesting. Um, Barry, we should bring you back in because another anti-post horse that you've given a shout to this time around, Gaelic Warrior, bolted up at Clonmel. Um, one to fourteen, I think he won. at another, you know, nice tasty price, not. But uh, he was your selection for the Barry Ballymore quite early on, and he's now five to one for that race with Boyle Sports. Um, I mean, look, he absolutely bolted up when we last saw him. But five to one, is he short enough for a race like that? I wouldn't
0: think so. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's out I think it's 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 a it's a winnable race. Um, he's rated one hundred and forty nine now. Um, but it was it was a good performance in Clonmel. It's what you would have expected. Obviously, he has form and soft ground, and he it was no uh no issue to him. I suppose the slight negative you would take is the fact he's going fractionally to his right at times. Um, but for me to counteract against that is when you step up and trip, things aren't happening as fast. You have a little bit more comfort. You're not under as much pressure. So. I don't feel that that would be exaggerated. It won't be ideal going left-handed if you're jumping fractionally to your right. But I think with the level of experience he has now at this stage compared to last year, Paul Townend could tuck him in, second row, get a bit of cover, get something on your outside, should keep him a little bit straighter. So I think, although it's a slight negative, I think it's one he can overcome. Um, And even in the short term, he could be harshly to find himself in the Betfair hurdle. Um. A race is in at one four nine. My tenter, yours won it ten years ago. Off one hundred forty nine as novice as well. It'll be a strong handicap. Um, but he's definitely one who's uh who's worth having on side. I think.
1: Okay, still very positive about him, and now the renamed Barrymore, as I've just called the Ballymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think it suits the race perfectly, Barry. Um, what about you, Tony Gaelic Warrior? We might see him in the Betfair Hurdle. It's caused quite a lot of controversy. The fact that they ran him, and you know that he might still go to the Betfair Hurdle. Um, where are you at with this horse that seems to be sort of yeah causes a lot of chat? This individual.
2: Yeah, yeah, understandably with, with the profile he came into the the Fred Winter of last year, the the French form and him Potentially been well in. Uh, I'm a, a little bit, maybe a lot negative about this horse. Um, his two Irish races this year have, have been a little bit non events. Tremor, he did an a okay, quite decent time. Time in Clonmel was very ordinary. He wouldn't read too much into that because all the kind of races on the cards seemed to be slowly run. But the negatives would be he got beaten off what was it? A 129 English mark in the Fred Winter last year. 129 and he's gone, he's gone to 149 now for very, very little, I would say. Um, he had nine hurdles in the Fred Winter last year. He was straight at the first one. There was a horse um, on his outside. He was right at, and markedly so, at the next eight. Um, I'd say he was very well positioned in the Fred Winter. He was definitely in the right spot. Very hard r- race to come from off the pace there. He poleaxed Brazil, I think, at the second or third, who eventually won it. Um, I think he hit him another dunt then coming to three out. Again, so Brazil wasn't to speed that Brazil was giving him eight pounds. Brazil's he's good, but he's he's, he's not, don't think be fancy when he's pitching up in a Ballymore. He's, Bit of a chance, but um, so that was that was a fair negative. And the other, possibly bigger negative, like, why did Willie Mullins not run him a nice? Um, wouldn't be a man for leaving grade ones behind. Him. I know he won it anyway. Does that suggest he's torn the pecking order the behind Champ Cayley and Grange Clare West? That's gonna be raising a little bit of red flags for me. So, I think left hand is going to be a worry for him. Um, the old course. Maybe he's in the new course he might be a bit better be able to get away with it, but the old course might test him out a bit. His both, both his potential handicapped targets now are also going to be left handed The, uh, the racing Dublin Racing Festival or, or the the Bet Fair. So yeah, I don't know. I just like to see him actually prove it. I think there's a lot of, you know, hype there and visually good the last twice, but is there really substance to it? I don't know.
1: Okay, more than I was going to say, like you said there, Tony, a red flag around Gaelic Warrior, but I'm going to call it bunting given everything that you've just backed up there <laughs> in regards to him. Um, what about Night and Day? She put down the Mayor's Novice marker when winning when we saw her this week. She's now six to one with Ball Sports for that contest at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, Tony, you want to start with her? Um, we, like, is, this some, is, is she something that you would like as, as a profile for this race? Um
2: yeah she was alright. Uh, I know she's an alright really profile. I think one thought he had after is Willie Mullen said he was keen to get another run into her. now he does not make many mistakes, but I'd be adamant he made a mistake with Dino Blue in this race last year. He didn't give her another run before Cheltenham her inexperience caught her out completing the down run. That's pocket talk, but I still think it's right. Um <laughs> Nighton night did she was actually a bit of a, a bit of a talking horse for this race last year. Um there was talk of a run in it. Um first came out of a hurdles and I think she might actually have been balloted out of it because this race would always attract the full field. She she was, she was won very, very easily in Clonmel. She was really strong in the market. thought her hurdling wasn't particularly good. She looks massive. Um, she was dwarf and the rest in Paul Town and mentioned her being a chaser afterwards. I also thought um, halfway down the back straight she started to hold her tail in a very funny fashion. Race, yeah, Not say a red flag, more of a yellow flag there, but didn't look at it. Very hard to say <laughs> now, was she, do, was she doing anything... Weird in the straight because there the, was the, the shade and very hard to see, but yeah, she, she, she's pretty skinny now for that race. I, I actually think Gordon Elliott might well have the winner of that. Don't ask me which one because he's actually got loads of uh, Hermania Maker and Liberty Dance and Hakadu Tabert. Um, so uh, we'll possibly find out a little bit more about those at the weekend, but uh, Fairy House holding a great race um, for those type of mares.
1: Okay, Barry, quick word for you on night and day.
0: Yeah, she was she was visually impressive. She was very good, but the mare in second, Apples and Water, she was twenty two lengths behind her. She's been beaten thirty eight lengths and forty lengths on her two previous starts. So I don't think it was the strongest contest. Um jumping can definitely improve, but she can do no more than she did, but she didn't have to do much.
1: Okay, didn't have to do much, like many of these Mullins horses quite recently, it would seem. Um, Before we go any further and look ahead to the week that is coming up, uh, do not forget everyone to download the At The Races app. I'm sure most of you have already, including Barry and Tony, obviously, and myself. And on that app, you can get expert tips, you can get replays, you can bet on the app. Cards, results, everything you want, articles and news, it's all on there. And you can watch Sky Sports Racing live too. So uh, download it, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's the best racing app around. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, let's look ahead to the coming up week. We have Gorham Park and the Thiestes meeting, um, a, a, a race meeting that everyone loves, Thaestes chase. And in this, we have Franco de Port, a Pencilful of Lead, Ascaria 10, some old favorites in there. Tony, we'll start with you for this race. Has anything at this stage jumped out at you as as the potential winner?
2: Yeah, it has. Yeah, punitive. I just talked with some of the fancied ones there at the top of the market there at the moment. I'm not sure it's the strongest version of the race. There's a lot of horses that ran in it last year who are quite prominent in the betting. Um, Deal Care and Franco de Port. Both of those are higher in the weights now. Uh, Franco de Port was kind of fourth in a three horse race a little bit in the Savage Chase at oh, there was any real depth in behind, very impressive, win, or quite impressive, we're not conflated. Uh, Deal Care, he's a stone higher, which, which is a big ask, I thought he had the benefit of racing on the outside uh, in the Paddy Power. If there was one that come out of last year's race, I think a horse myself and Barry were both quite keen on last year, Ascari at 10, um, he came into the race last year, I know he was only 8 but he, he travelled well, he moved up probably at a time when the pace was very strong. He'd always be a horse that would need a run. Um, he didn't have a run last year, he does have a run this year. So he, of the front ones, he'd be the one I'd be keen on. But the one I'm more so interested in is uh, punitive. Um quite an unusual horse, bought very cheaply, I think at Doncastover, Gordon Elliot out of Henry the Bromhead's um Jig ex Town horse. Did all his racing kind of over two, two and a half when with the Bromhead, but God I always thought he looked like a three mile or Gordon Elliott's optimum trip. Um he's a three goes over three miles plus he, he unseated. Um, early enough in the try town, but he, he ran a really good race at Cheltenham, I would say on ground that was quick enough, quite solid piece of form that, and then he went and won the Porterstown at Ferry House. I thought things just didn't go quite his way in that race, he could kind of shuffle back on the run to three out, meant he had to kind of circle the field, come stand side, um, but he, he made up a, an awful amount of ground from kind of the torn in to the lead at the last and, you know, won well, stayed well. He's had a break since then. It's, it's probably a good idea because he in a busy period. This race came to the target. Coming back half a mile and trip, but it's scoring. Um, it's three mile one. It's going to be soft. I'd say it's absolute best looking at the forecast. So I think I think he's got a chance of hitting the frame anyway.
1: Okay. Bigger prize toss as well as the more fancied individual. Barry, what about you in the Thiestes? Did, how many times did you win the Thiestes?
0: Thanks, uh, Vanessa. Actually, no, never won the Thiestes. Another another one that got (laughs) away as (laughs) well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, interesting Tony Pintos Gary at 10 he's definitely one with a chance um, second to the when giving him £6 and Um but you'd have to have a little question mark over the former gardens horses as Tony mentioned earlier but for me um, I thought Franco de Port only 7 lengths behind Conflated at Christmas that was a very good run he was 29 lengths behind Galvin last year in the same race before running uh, Longhouse Poet close in the Tiestas last year I didn't think he'd get anywhere near the trip in the Tiestas but he did and the ground was plenty soft that day I'd agree with Tony, I thought it was a stronger S last year than this year. Um, He's £4 higher and for me he's he's a grade one winner um, and I think he just has that level of class above the rest. So I'd be happy to stick with uh, Franco de Port.
1: Okay, sticking with the class angle. Barry, we'll stick with you for a quick mention for the Galmoy Hurdle. Tiupu in here looking to have his prep um, for Cheltenham and the Stayers Hurdle bid and that's obviously a wide open event as we often talk about on this show Uh, what are we expecting from him at the um at Goran
0: well, he's stepping up on trip. He's a six-year-old. It's his first time over three miles. Um, he was really good when he beat Classical Dream in the Hatton's Grace over two and a half on very soft ground as well. And he hit the line like a horse who was going to have no problem getting further. Um, So first step, stepping up on trip, it'll be interesting. Um, but I think he's a horse with lots of potential as a stair. Um, so he's going to be hard to beat here. Maybe Longhouse Poet could be the one to chase him home, uh, who's ridden with plenty of confidence on soft ground in uh, Limerick at Christmas, he'd have a bit to fight with him, but he might be doing the trouble with him. Or the Rasso, who has struggled to get this trip in the past, but I think uh, Tia Hupu will be very uh, hard to beat, and he's a horse who might be just heading his way towards the stairs.
1: Are we confident he's going to stay Tiahupe, Tony? I
2: oh, know he'd be better. He'd be better over this trip. Oh, he's looked. He's looking he was cry- cry- crying out for this all along. Um, I've backed him for the stairs. I- I'm not necessarily suggesting anyone is listening back backs him because I- there there are questions at Cheltenham about him effectiveness of the track and, and the ground been good but I just think he might have the most ability of any horse in in the stairs hurdle. Um, uh, two Mates just way too sharp from all throughout his career and when soft ground came into play at two Mates he would look really good like he did in the, the red mids trial last year. Um, as a backer off him for Cheltenham I actually kind of would have preferred if he went for the buying hurdle and built up to it gradually but I his fairy house performance looking back was a really good effort. Like beating a fresh classical dream is, is very good. If honeysuckle ran, anyone of our best, you know, it has to be an impressive performance. Um, Stairs hurdle, like obviously wide open race this year. I see a few quid for blazing cal there in the last couple of days. Uh, sorry, just ju- ju- just today. Shush, yeah. He's there's a bit of um, a bit of interesting starting out for him now again. Uh, no entering the cleve hurdle, but I'd say signs are that he's probably. Coming back to himself a bit, but I, I'd be keen on Tiupu. Um, I do think Up and Trip is, is going to be the making off, and there's there's more improvement to come. And yeah, he's he's the one I haven't said for the stairs any anyway at the moment.
1: Okay, some real interest in him then in the Galmoy Hurdle. It'll be intriguing to see what he can do in that event. Um, Then on to the weekend, Barry, and we'll focus on you here for Cheltenham, where we've got this bumper nine-race card, obviously a couple of rescheduled races, but we've got the Cotswold Chase and the Cleve Hurdle, as well as the Clarence House, which we spoke about obviously last week. That's the rescheduled race from Ascot, so you can go back and listen to our thoughts from last week if you fancy it. So we, Barry, will just focus on the Cotswold Chase and the Cleve. Obviously, the Cotswold Chase, with sort of basically the best of the Brits in terms of the Gold Cup betting in Protectorat, Ahoy Senor, and then Noble Yates looks to come over for this as well due to the fact that he missed his intended target at Lingfield. Um, It's going to be a fascinating renewal and they've all got something to prove, really, maybe except Noble Yates, in fairness. But Protectorat and Ahoy Senor, we want to see Protectorat um, sort of relish Cheltenham and Ahoy Senor, well, he really is on the retrieval mission now.
0: Well, he's definitely on a retrieval mission, but um, no, for me, I think Prot- Protector Rat probably has the least to prove. He was third in the Gold Cup. I thought he put up a really strong performance in the Betfair Chase. He won- that was on soft ground. He also won the many clouds last year on soft ground. Really impressive. Um, Noble Yates put in a good performance within the many clouds, but this is his first run in a grade one. So he's stepping into proper top drawer company here, um, I think he'll have it to do to beat Protector Rat, who's proven at this level. So for me I'd be I'd be sweet and protector at. Maybe noble Yates would surprise me and be be a grade one contender, but he has to step up on what he's done today. He beat Dashiell Drasher four lengths in entry. Um I think he's gonna to have to be a lot better than that to beat Protector At.
1: Okay, that is interesting. Intriguing. Um the Cleve Hurdle, Paisley Park, Dashell Drasher, old favourite, Jolino Bello in there on the younger contingents for this race. Um who do you fancy in that, Barry? Just a quick line here.
0: I think we've seen a better version of Paisley Park this year. He was second to champion Newbury in his first run. He usually struggles on his first run. He was only touched off. And then he goes and wins in Kempton, a track he should hate. So I think we're seeing a better version of Paisley Park this year. He won. He was third in his race last year after giving a head start. Um, he loves it around Cheltenham. He loved conditions. Um, no, I think he's a, he's a good bit against the opposition.
1: And we should also mention the Triumph Hurdle Trial, Barry, because in that we've got two horses coming there, hopefully, uh, that bring in pretty good lines of form and have had good seasons, Comfort Zone and Script Writer. Uh, those are just two that I've mentioned. Who would you fancy in that in that race?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think Scriptwriter is a harsh, is still on the up. And he only beat Pursley's way two and a half lengths. And comfort Zone the same. And Comfort Zone with six lengths playing lossy mode. So you have a good line of form. But the other big one on there, the Clarence House. I know we discussed it, but before on last week's show... Um, but it's a different race this week. It's going to be on the new course around Cheltenham on very soft ground. Um, you've got extra runners in there as well. So you have Editor to Geet, who's potentially going to take on an Orgamine up front. That shows a different pace angle to the race. Uh, and Orgamine won't get the luxury of coasting along at his own pace. I think that's going to play to Edward Stone's strength. And there could be value in Edward Stone. Um, to take on an ergamine on the, the new course where there's more emphasis on stamina. I think the old course, which would be the normal champion chase course, much sharper track. Um, the, the speed element there would play to an ergamine's strength. So for me, I think he could be opposable and there could be value in Edwardson maybe.
1: Oh, bit of a turnaround. Well, given the change of location, obviously, I think that's pretty fair. But yeah, some different views to the ones we had last week. So I'm sorry for just lazily throwing <laughs> viewers back to last week on that one. Um, and we need to mention Doncaster, Barry, because not only do we have the Skybet Chaser, at Doncaster with some interesting entries. But we also have the off the fence Lightning Novices Chase. We have a race named after us. It's actually... Go and watch off the fence on YouTube. I think, um, Lightning Novices Chase. But still, you know we're in the race title. We won't be complaining about that, will we, Barry?
0: I think it's the feature of an essay task, but uh, it's it's a competitive race this year. Um, on the entries, Boot Hill is there, obviously good form with John Bon. Tommy's Oscar as well, very smart performer too. So there's plenty of quality there. Um, so we'll definitely have to keep an eye out for that one.
1: Yeah, fascinating, and don't forget also, hopefully we'll see Epiton in the Yorkshire Rose as well, she missed her intended target at Haydock, so uh, this, if weather permits, which it should do, looking at the forecast, could be a brilliant weekend of racing up and down the country, Cheltenham, Doncaster, other locations too, um, and we have rattled through a little bit of a preview there. Don't forget, you can watch all the action from Doncaster live on Sky Sports Racing. Don't miss out on that. Um, But that about wraps up the show. God, time flies when we're having fun, which is what we are doing on this show. Boys, thank you very much, as always, for your contributions. Viewers, thank you, as always, for watching. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Give us a like, give us a retweet, give us your feedback. We want it all. Thank you very much. Uh, But for now, thank you very much for watching. That was Off The Fence.
0: Boyle Sports has it all. Money back meetings every day. UK and Irish racing live streaming. Extra places and money back all losers offers.
1: And a Bet 10, Get 20 welcome offer. Boyle Sports, this is betting.